and welcome back to the Sci-Fi Dig Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Makem, and this week I'm going to discuss more um, television series that um, are not loved like I think that they should be. And do not get enough... Uh, don't get enough love. And like I said last time, there's so many things, so many new things out there that everybody's jumping on. And we live in a, a society of bingers where something comes out, you binge it, and in two days, you're no longer talking about it because you've already seen it all and there's nothing left to discuss. So um, I, I've just I've been looking through a lot of the television shows that I've uh, enjoyed in the past and decided there's some that need a little more respect, a little more, I mean, not, maybe not more respect, but more love for what they are. Are they good or bad? or whatnot, they just need some more love because they're just such an enjoyable thing to take part of. So that being said, let's jump into the first one. That was the intro to the great Matt Houston television series. Matt Houston ran on ABC from 82 to 85, three seasons, 67 episodes. It followed Lee Horsley, who was a millionaire in the oil industry, and his, uh, his trusty secretary, um, who had an Apple III, who I believe she called Baby, that had a database of, like, everybody in the whole world, and she was able to track them down. And obviously, since he was a millionaire and was just kind of bored, you know, I don't, I don't understand what the what the thing was back in the day with these uh, these rich guys who wanted to be private eyes or private detectives. But he was a detective; it always kind of involved um, one of his friends or, or relatives or somebody he knew ended up being killed or murdered or swindled, and he would jump in to help them out. You know, he had all the money, all the cars, the uh, the car phone that was as big as a brick and you know obviously he was a man of adventure he had choppers and was always doing some great things that uh us normal folk were not able to do but it was a show that I really enjoyed it was just a lot of fun um and it did have um some great character moments between the main cast it had a uh, a nice mix there and we had our serious moments and you know um it, it was before you know, this was going on before some of these uh, these uh, detective or police type shows got really uh, melodramatic and dark, um, which I like as well. 
you know, but at the same point in time, it was just a lot of fun. The, uh, the, you know, the, what, the things that he would do, the adventure aspect of it, the action aspect of it. And it was one of those shows that, um, didn't get a lot of love at the time. Um, like I said, it lasted three seasons and it kept getting moved around if I remember, but it, uh, like nobody really talked about that. They talked about all the other shows on television. They never talked about Matt Houston and what uh, what a good hero and, and fun guy he was, you know. Um, this has gotten multiple DVD releases. Um, the recent one from VCI is the entire set. runs about 30 bucks, which is uh, well worth it. A lot of these episodes are available on YouTube, so you can always go in and watch just one of them and kind of get a feel for what's going on. Again, that fun 80s action where these guys are doing incredible things and just walking away without much problem. They had... Um, Obviously, they had some sexual tension between him and his secretary, and um, we just had a lot of fun-loving characters in this show as well. But um, it was always fun to see what kind of car he was going to drive or what he was going to get into. Or, you know, we had a lot of uh, comedy-type elements. Um, not that it was by any means was it a funny show, but we had comedy-type elements in it that were um, always fun. And Lee Horsley gave the character of Matt Houston. Um, he gave him a a great personality and he brought life to that character. You know, we, you could really kind of relate for somebody who was wealthy and doing this private eye stuff, but like some of the silly things he would do, you know, um, like he would try to bust into a door and then not be able to do it and be like, wow, I can't do that. You know, um, just, you know, things like that, that a little bit of realism they try to put in there, um, for those moments made it, um, added a comedy element to it. But, um, again, a fun show, um, just doesn't get enough love. I mean, people that I talk to that have, watch the show, remember the show fondly, um, just love it. You know, they rave about it, like just how much fun it was. But now um, it just, in this day and age, again, no, not available on streaming anywhere, which is kind of a shame because it's something that's just a, a fun show. Now this show I can understand. There are certain shows I can understand why um, maybe people might be reluctant to uh, to pay a licensing fee to stream it because maybe the audience just isn't there. But some of the more... Um, science fiction shows or cult following shows. Um, I like to use that term cult following because, you know, when, you, when you're when you a huge science fiction buff, you like to, to absorb everything that's science fiction. Um, those are the ones I don't understand why there's not a streaming, uh, some kind of agreement somewhere for. That was the intro to Friday the 13th of the series. It ran for three seasons from um, October of 87 to May of 90. It, syn- it, was, it was syndicated at 72 episodes. When I say it was syndicated, it didn't have a particular network, whatever network bought those shows. Um, that time in, uh, in TV was interesting because we were just coming into a lot of uh, – various networks that were popping up that had stations and they were is the first time that companies were making syndicated programming that didn't run on a certain network. Um, anybody could buy it. 
And what was interesting is up until now, these networks were doing like UHF networks were buying, um, you know, repeats of shows and, and playing them. They were actually getting first um, run content. You know, this is how Next Gen ran. It's how War of the Worlds ran. Um, the network P10, which is Primetime Entertainment Network, um, anybody could run that. And it was basically um, just a banner for shows like Babylon 5 and Hercules and Xena. Um, they were all showing, you know, shortly after this. Um, CBS had their CBS Late Night where they were running first run shows like Silk Stockings and Dark Justice. Um, so this was something that was running on Saturday nights and it was a, uh, at the time it was confusing because it was called Friday the 13th and everybody thought this was going to be something, um, like, you know, uh, what's going to have Jason Voorhees in it, but it wasn't, you know, this, that the confusion was also helped by shows like Freddy's Nightmares coming out, which had actually had the host Freddy Krueger and, um, that show got canceled after one season because it was kind of violent. But anyway, so this show, people were kind of confused and I too was like, I don't really care about a show about Jason Voorhees or whatever. And it wasn't until several episodes had aired before I had tuned in and realized what it was. And the basic premise here was that there was a guy that had a pawn shop, made a deal with the devil. The devil said, okay, I'm going to, you know, uh, I can't remember what the deal was, what he got in return, like uh, eternal life or something. I don't know, which didn't work out well for him. The whole deal was for him to sell cursed objects that um, would, you know, obviously grant the user, whoever owned the object, some kind of uh, special ability. But at the same point in time, they had to kill people in order to make it work. And... um, a, a young man comes in and a, a guy inherits a shop and their job becomes to try to get back all these cursed objects. They're looking through the book or the log book to find out what is missing. They see something on the news or something about somebody dying and then they, they, they figure out a certain object and they're trying to figure out why doesn't get the object back and puts them in danger every week as they try to do this. The the selling point of this show was, well, one, the over arching story of about about you know um, what they had to do about the original owner of the store um, would pop up here and there but what really sold this show to me were the objects because they were so interesting and unique Um, you never knew what it was going to be like for example I'm trying to remember all of them for example there was a guy who wanted to be a writer and he bought a fountain pen and um, he couldn't write he just he didn't have the ability, didn't have the skill set, and so he realized that if he killed people with the fountain pen, um, or I think he might have had to pull their blood up. And it's been a long time since I've seen this episode. Then suddenly he would have the ability, and so that was his thing. He would just go around killing people in order to have the ability to write and become a best-selling author. Um, things like that, you know, that was some of what some of the objects were. Now, um, this this show at, at, for a long time did not have a DVD release, and then. I do have a version of this because it aired on one of the networks and somebody recorded it on, put it on DVD. I bought a bootleg version a while back. And then for a long time, it was on Amazon Prime and I was actually working my way through the episodes, episode by episode, and then it got pulled off of there. Um, but there is, there was a DVD release. Now there's a second DVD release of the whole series. It's less than, it's less than 30 bucks for all three seasons, which is a good deal. Um, it's available. Actually, I've seen it at Walmart. Um, and it's available on Amazon, obviously, but it is available out there. And I love this show. This is, uh, 
this is, I mean, if I, I have like a, probably a top 20 of television shows that I think are just unique and different and sh- just shows that I absolutely love that might, th- th- my list makes no sense. It's either something I'm absolutely loving, I can't explain why, or something that's just so unique and at the time was, uh, and even now, um, is so different that you don't see anything like it. And this is one of those shows. Having these cursed objects really sells this show to me. Now we had some cast changes over the years of some of the characters, but they did a pretty good job of explaining where they went and whatnot. But um, I really dug the show. I really dug the objects. You never knew what you were going to get from week to week, like what was going to pop up. And um, it was uh, everything about this show was unique, the way that they made it, the way that they marketed it, how it played, um, the fact that it went so long on a DVD release. Um, and now, you know, we have the ability to watch it. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere or not, um, but if it is, um, man, you can just watch any episode. But this is definitely huh, – a product of the, of the time as far as production values are concerned. I mean, you still have the big 80s hair and stuff like that going on. But um, it is just a fun show. And those objects, um, I love it. I love shows like that that just you never know. It, it's kind of an anthology in that way. You never know what the object's going to be. You never know what it's going to, you know, what you know what ability. And sometimes they start out the, the uh, episodes and somebody's doing something. They're, they've already had the object for a while. And you're not quite sure what power they've gained and you know what they have to do to get the power but um man it's just a fun show highly recommend it those misfits misfits of science ha, ha. oh wild and crazy scientific guys i love them yeah those On NBC in 1985, it ran for 16 episodes. They debuted a show called Misfits of Science. And what was this going to be all about? No idea. I tuned in and watched it, and it was just so weird and so different. Um, It was, at the time, I mean, the premise is that you have these individuals who have been affected by something, um, some kind of weird experiment or something. You know, we had the guy that could shoot lightning from his hands, electricity. We had the uh, Courtney Cox who played a woman who was able to use her mind to affect things. Um, but they they all came together and they were uh, fighting. I can't say they're fighting crime, but there was like, you know, an overarching kind of uh, thing going on, some kind of conspiracy that they were brought together to do. And something like this hadn't really been done before. Um, not only the science fiction element, but the fact that these characters had to work together in the way that they – there was a lot of um, – 
a lot of introspection in the characters and in, in the fact that they couldn't control their abilities they um, because they didn't have confidence is what it boiled down to. And this was kind of like, um, in some ways, kind of reminiscent of the X-Men, where you had characters who had to be schooled in order to learn how to use their abilities. But something like this on TV hadn't been done yet. I don't mean, I don't mean the... Um, the science part, the ability part, the action part. I mean the the part where they had to think about, it. they had introspection, they had faith in themselves in order to um, do what had to be done. And there was a lot of talking about doing it. Um, the show only lasted for one season, like I said, and for the longest time um, did not have any kind of uh, release anywhere. Um, you could find um, really crappy intros and in, uh, some really um, bad versions on YouTube. Um, is that you could you were able to get a hold of that just the quality was just horrible because for some reason they never released it. Um, I did not realize that this show has a official DVD release. Uh, what I read today when I was doing some research, apparently there is official DVD release. I didn't look it up. It's not something that I want to own on DVD. It's something. This is a show that if the DVDs were relatively inexpensive, it's kind of fun. But um, this is definitely a product of its time. This is more of a uh, they kind of did it before anybody else did it, and um, although they didn't, I think that they they executed it well. I don't, I didn't find the stories that compelling. This was definitely more about the people on the team rather than what those people were doing. This is more of a character study, I think, um, than anything at the time. And it was like they were on that middle ground. They weren't sure where to go with it. They weren't sure if we were going to spend time with the characters or if we were going to spend time telling the story of what the characters were doing. And I think that's one of the reasons that the show did not do well, because audiences weren't used to that. Again, just my opinion doesn't really mean anything. But um, the show was fun, and it had a lot of memorable characters that, uh, at least their abilities were memorable. And for considering the time and the, and the amount of money uh, they had, I think they did a really good job with trying to show the abilities. Obviously, you know, the lightning ability was probably uh, a lot of the easiest stuff to do. But then, like, when you had um, Courtney Cox using her mind ability, like, how do you show that, you know? And so what they would do is they would show her concentrating and they would do it negative, uh, do it like a negative of the film and then back to regular, the negative, like flash back and forth so you can show that she's trying to use her ability. But uh, things like that were, uh, it is kind of like, you know, what the show revolved around as far as special effects were concerned. But it's definitely makes this list of a show that doesn't get enough love. I know a lot of people um, have, you know, my age have seen the show and remember it. And we just kind of laugh about it because it was definitely uh, it was 80s through and through. I mean, the short hair, the, the shoulder pads, the the uh, the theme song you heard there, all those things. Um, the, the, the one main character that everybody, you know, the, the lightning guy, everybody really liked him. He wore sunglasses the whole time and, and was just kind of like the, you know, the leather jacket and he was, you know, Mr. Too Cool, but, you know, real standoffish and stuff and, you know, had his own problems or whatever. But there were other elements to the show that definitely, uh, made it interesting. But what, what I liked the best is the fact that they were trying to not only get together these, uh, these young attractive stars, but at the same point in time, they were trying to use, uh, you know, people you had seen in everyday NBC shows. Like they, the one guy was the the father from Alf. Um, he played one of the characters on there, and just trying to to, to put this uh, ragtag bunch together. Um, not even in, not just in the show, but literally to tour in order to make this uh, this happen. But it was uh, it was interesting in a lot of ways, and I know that I'm not I'm not giving it like the, the glowing reviews because. 
really it doesn't hold up that well at all. It's just kind of a fun show to go back and revisit and look at and see what they were doing. I, when I look at it now, I don't look at it with a critical eye of um, were they, you know, um, you know, was this top not not top notch acting and stuff like that. I look at a critical eye. I was like, how much money did they have to spend on this TV show that was crazy? It was a crazy idea, and they did a really good job of being able to pull off these effects and. Um, put this together in a way that worked for television at the time. And um, for that, it definitely gets a round of applause for me because I think shows like this that only lasted like one season, even though it doesn't get a lot of love and obviously the network didn't have a lot of faith in it. If it wasn't for shows like this, I think that we would never have pushed through to um, where we are in science fiction now, you know, um, because, and I'm not talking about mainstream science fiction like Star Trek. I'm talking about the little offshoot shows that may only lasted one or two seasons, but at least got a chance to tell their story. I think we never would have got that opportunity unless somebody had tried to do something like this. This was prime time. It was like eight or nine o'clock prime time um, television. And, um, you know, they, they took a chance. They rolled the dice. Didn't work out well in the end for them. But, you know, we got this show and it's definitely an interesting watch. Now, I've talked about this on the show. At one point in time, I was doing breakdowns of the Farscape episodes, and it just became too much work, and I ended up stopped doing it. Um, but Farscape is one of those shows that I know everybody loves it, right? But do they? Does it get enough love? I talked to a lot of people who are into science fiction, television, and comics and books, and a lot of them, have they know what Farscape is. They know about Farscape. They know it was on the Sci-Fi Channel. They know some of the stars of the show. They kind of have an idea of what it's about, but they've never watched it. And this is one of those shows that just does not get enough love, I don't feel. I feel as though this show is overlooked in a lot of ways, as in people don't want to take the time to watch it for whatever reason. When this show came on, this was that, that time on the Sci-Fi Channel when they were doing a lot of original programming. And one of the other shows that was on around the same time was Lex. The shows look a lot alike. If you don't know anything else, they look a lot alike. <laughs> they are nothing alike. Um, man, Lex is hard to get through, man. Whew, it is a tough show. I've, I've watched – I tried to watch it, man. I, I did. I tried to watch the first season and I made it about halfway through and I'm like, I just cannot take it anymore. It's, it's slow and it uh, – it's just weird. It's really weird. I appreciate it for what it is. Maybe I'll go back some point in time, but I just, right now, I just thinking about watching it, I want to hit myself with a hammer. Um, and they had, but Farscape was different. Farscape was one of those shows that, um, that took off and took on a life of its own and did not, um, had no fear about changing up cast, adding new members, um, telling crazy stories that you would think that nobody would ever tell. And it just worked. It, it came together. Um, it was one of those shows that was based on a relationship as the show went on between two characters. That's To me, that was the foundation of this. And it was one of those shows. Um, 
uh, first of all, I should probably give you a little background. It, it, uh, it had 88 episodes. It ran from 99 to 2003. It ended on a cliffhanger. People were pissed because it wasn't going to get another season because the ratings started to fall. So after much work and much uh, protesting by the fans, we got Farscape Peacekeeper Wars in 2007, which is a movie that tied everything up. And um, this was a Henson production. There was a lot of Henson puppets in there. And um, it was just, it was so different for its time. The basic idea here is John Crichton is trying to do it. The Farscape project, which looks like the space shuttle, um, he launches it, ends up getting sucked into another dimension, um, which is, or gets sucked into a wormhole, which never takes you to a different dimension, but takes you to a different part of space where all these things are going on. He ends up getting, uh, running into a, a ship and killing the pilot. And um, it's a peacekeeper. And the peacekeepers are basically the tyrants of the universe. Um, they are the police, but they also have a lot of power. Um, the guy's brother that he kills is trying to hunt him down. He ends up um, going on a ship, Moya, that is... Um, being held by the peacekeepers, they break free. Uh, Moya is a living ship. It has a pilot that basically has a whole bunch of different arms and um, is able to control the ship. And he's on there with other ex-cons, and um, they are able to somehow form a crew. And um, the thing about uh, Farscape is that a lot of the crew do not get along for a lot of the episodes. And sometimes they get along, sometimes they don't. It just It's very... Um, they all have their own unique personalities, and they're all do their own thing. And there's, they do come together for certain things, but it's not one of those. Oh, we're all different now. We're in this, you know, pot together. So now we're all going to have a like-minded thing, and we're all going to be buddies, and we're all going to have the same idea of what we want to do. Not at all. It's the exact opposite of that. They clash all the time. Everybody's out for themselves, and um, they do have certain relationships. Not to not to mean that they're enemies, but. Um, they're always that underlying, um, I'm going to do this for me and screw everybody else kind of thing that happens periodically. That's my best way to explain. I know some people will disagree with that, but that's kind of like when you think about it, um, that's, you know, what it's like. And I knew that this show was going to be different. Um, obviously the very first time I watched it, but when I knew that they weren't afraid to take chances to do things, there's an episode where they need some of pilot's DNA. They want one of his arms. He says, no, even though he can grow it back, he's like, no. And then they end up uh, forcing it and, and taking it. And when they did that, um, I knew that this was going to be a different kind of show because they were trying to, to accomplish something. And once you violate that trust um, with this character, I thought, man, that's really harsh because this guy's flying your ship. Um, it was uh, it was just it was very interesting the way that um, that, that everything came together for this show. And not only that, not only was the show interesting, but the history of the show with the with the Peacekeeper Wars coming out in order to wrap it up, that doesn't happen very often in a show that's run this long. And definitely, I mean, it's had a huge cliffhanger at the end. And so when you get that cliffhanger, you're like, wait a minute, that's all that there is? I mean, because at the time it aired, they knew that it wasn't going to be anymore because the show had already been um, filmed and they the word came down. And so there was that cliffhanger, and then he was able to come back and give us the movie, which was great. Um, the movie wound, wound up the uh, the storyline, and um, get, you know uh, some characters, um, you know, they were what happened to them might not be people may not agree with, but the point is that um, they were able to uh, give us a complete story. At least I felt it was complete. I know that there's been some comics and things, but I mean, I'm happy with to walk away at the end of that and be like, okay, that was good. I got a good story. I was entertained that whole time. They did their job. So um, 
That's how I felt about it. But the show does not get a lot of love. It had a fantastic DVD release um, many years ago. Um, the, the, the DVDs were fan. Everything about it's, it's the exact. It's a DVD release like you would like to have. You know, it has commentaries. It has um, some special features. It has all the episodes. Um, I just loved them. And then they they did a Blu-ray release. And I always said I'm never going to buy this on Blu-ray because they have the DVDs and they are just so lovely that I don't want to. There's no reason to upgrade. But then I started hearing really positive things about um, the quality of the Blu-rays and stuff like that. And this was a time when Amazon's deal of the day, usually like two times a week it was on DVD sets or Blu-ray sets because that was a big selling item at the time, media. And I ended up picking them up dirt cheap. And I'm not sure if there's a huge difference in quality. Um, The Blu-rays do look a little bit better. But it has all the same special features from what I can tell, and um, I really appreciate that. So um, I actually have not gone back and uh, watched the show through the Blu-rays. I watched the first couple seasons on DVD and then started on something else, and I was meant to go back. And that was years ago, and I still haven't jumped back in. However, I understand this show is now going to be streaming on Amazon Prime. So now is your opportunity to sit down and watch these episodes. And like I said, they are a lot of fun. It is a really good time. I highly recommend it. A lot of heart in this show. And um, just the characters are all great. And what they do um, is so different than any other show. Um, the fact that there are times when we make it back to Earth, he's trying to get back to Earth. It's his whole thing. Um, there's an episode with a clone. Um, it, it's, just, it's just crazy. Um, the villains are all good. Um, everything about it, uh, I just love. It's just a good show. And it's quirky and it's fun. There's an animated episode where two of the characters are like uh, Looney Tunes characters and they're trying to kill each other and it is just uh i mean it's quirky but it has a solid foundation it has a solid story and the relationships are all top-notch the way that they were able to put all this together i just really like what they did here and um this is the pinnacle i think of uh something designed the sci-fi channel has um put out there and had a hand in and as far as like you know putting it out i think they helped to produce it but the fact that they aired it and they marketed it and it worked um just unique and different at the time, there's been nothing like it since, and um, it, it's really a, a standout show. This is Farscape is easily in my top ten um, science fiction shows of all time that I would highly recommend to somebody willing to get into science fiction. It's like, okay, what do I watch to jump in there? Um, Farscape's in the top ten. You know, top ten list. Not sure what it is. I just know that there's at least ten. There might be twelve. Might be fifteen. My top ten kind of rotates sometimes, but this is in there. Um, so Amazon Prime. I think I believe it starts uh, this month. So. Keep investigating. If you haven't watched the show, please give it a shot. I'm telling you, you're going to get sucked in. It's just a fun show, great science fiction show, just a great show, period, all around. Now, I know I've talked about this show quite a bit, not science fiction by any means, and it had a uh, it had a lot of press when it started up on the UPN network. The show is Veronica Mars. Um, the show aired from, um, it was on, well, UPN changed to CW, but it had three seasons, 64 episodes. It uh, started in uh, 2007, and it... Uh, you know, when the CW, when UPN changed to CW, it had the final season on then. And then through um, a lot of, uh, well, it was, a, it was a big Kickstarter deal. A big Kickstarter, they, they wanted to do a movie. 
So they raised money and they meet the, they met the goal in one day. And but, uh, but at least when they did the Kickstarter, it was like one year and one day after they started it, the movie was done. So um, on, the, on 2014, the movie was released. <laughs> I'm kind of ashamed to say that I bought the movie. I didn't do a Kickstarter because my thing with Kickstarter is that, okay, I'm going to help you fund the movie and then I'm going to have to buy the DVD for it. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But I ended up buying a DVD when it became available on DVD. And I still have the DVD, and it's still in the plastic. And I bought it uh, the week that it came out and just have never watched it. <laughs> but um, I'm going to, I swear, that and the other stuff that I have. Um, but I'm admitting that to you now. I have a little bit of an issue when it comes to certain things. I end up buying up and then never watching them. But um spent all my time podcasting. Uh, this is one of those shows that, um, you know, there was a lot of press behind. I kept hearing about it and I'm like, what is this? It's got a weird name, Veronica Mars. What is this? And I wasn't really interested, um, mostly because there was a lot of shows at the time that were on UPN and stuff like that, that were okay, but very, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, anxiousness, a lot of teen angst that I didn't want to deal with. And I thought this was one of those shows. What attracted me was that she kept seeing her best friend who was murdered as a ghost I had no idea they didn't really interact. I thought it was kind of like a supernatural thing. So I started watching it and it was completely different than what I thought. Basically, you have um, Veronica Mars, who is a girl who lives in this tiny town. And her father, who is um, played the last the, the thing everybody would know him from is just shoot me. He played a photographer. Enrico Colantoni, and I always say his name wrong, he is her father, and he used to be the sheriff of the town, but now he runs a private investigation agency, and she helps out there, and she's really smart, and she's really, um, she she's, you know, knows how to use all the equipment and helps with the computers and all that stuff, you know, and it, she doesn't, her mother's not in the pictures, it's just her and her dad, which is a great relationship, I love it, but what attracted me to the show, what got me into the show is it. There is normally um, a case every episode, and not like your normal run-of-the-mill case. It has to do with her dealing with people in high school and stuff like that. But uh, some, but the writing is so tight in this show. I've always said that <clears throat> as far as television shows are concerned, I felt as though the writing in Veronica Mars made the most sense and was the tightest and the most logical because you presented with a problem, and the way they solve the problem in the end always makes sense. There's not, there's not really a big jump from point A to point B, it all just comes together and it just does it so seamlessly that I, every episode I watch, I am just wowed by it. And the angst is down to a bare minimum. And Veronica Mars is one of those great characters that is an independent young woman, doesn't care what other people think about her for the most part. I mean, obviously she cares like we would care, but she doesn't wear it on her sleeve. She doesn't let it alter her behavior. She just, she's, she's who she is. And I love that in this character. But I watched like three episodes and I fell in love with the show. I'm like, oh my God, the writing is so tight. And I enjoyed every single episode. So I ended up buying um, all the the seasons on DVD. They were on sale one time, one Christmas um, through the WB shop or something. They had this really good deal. They were dirt cheap and I got all three of them. And um, I've watched part of the first one. And then um, Verizon had their own streaming thing that nobody knew about. I don't think it's even viable right now, but up until about eight months ago, it was, and it was streaming on there and nobody knew about it. So I would just, 
I was watching the episodes on there on my iPad. I was just watching them because um, you can. It, it's an app. You can get. I couldn't get it for anything other than like a portable device. So I put it on my iPad and I was watching the episodes on there. Well, now that's kind of defunct, and now Hulu, I believe, has the rights to it, and they are going to make an, another eight episode series. Um, with the characters and as far as I know it's already in production it's already going forward so um, the standout actors here um, obviously are Kristen Bell as Veronica Mars but also Enrico as her father he does a fantastic job oh my god what a great character he has in this show I know there's other characters but those are the two that really um, stand out in a lot of different ways not only are they at the top of their game and have their craft down but their relationship with each other is fantastic it's just like a real father-daughter relationship everything about this show i love um again not in my top 10 sci-fi shows but probably in my top 10 television shows of all time and um i, I just love this show i cannot say enough good things about it. i keep trying to point people to them to watch it and um this is one of the shows i keep telling my daughter um she's always like well you know i can't find anything to watch of course it's not netflix but i'm always like watch the flash and watch veronica mars and she, does she listen to me no never listens to me but um, at any rate, this is a great show. Highly recommend it. I believe it is now available on Hulu. And, you know, being as lazy as I am, um, I'll probably watch the Hulu versions instead of watching the discs. But I want to go back and revisit the show because it is just so solid. And it has a voiceover as she tells the backstory to what's going on, the mystery of um, of, you know, who does what. And it, it's all kind of interconnected. It is just a solid show. And the characters on here are so interesting to me because some of them um, are perceived one way in the beginning and they end up being completely different as um, time goes on. Um, there has been there have been a couple characters that have, um, that, you know, the season one had some characters that disappeared and we never saw them again, um, things like that. But overall, um, just a great uh, series. Um, season one and season two are so tight. Season three, um, still a tight show, still tight writing. Um, there's a, I think that um, some of the wind had gone out of their sails at that point, and some of the stories weren't as compelling as I wanted them to be. But um, overall, I mean, and I'm comparing those to the first two seasons is the problem, and and it just they weren't as compelling. But the writing was still tight as far as like we introduce a problem, the problem gets solved. Um, you know, if there's a crime committed, we find out who did it or whatever, and it all makes sense. But I'm, I'm I, trying to describe the show is damn near impossible because it's not like a regular detective crime drama. There's so much going on in every episode, so much for a show that has a has, each episode has a story, but the character development and how the characters interact with that story is what sells the show. It's one of those, I think it's because it's, that's one of the things the show's unique. You, you either have a, sto- a show that, that tells you a story you know, 80% of its story or 80% of its character development. And some shows, they have every other episode, they kind of alternate so you can get the background on the characters. This is one where the character development helps to tell the story. And it's a nice mix. They do a really good job of making everything work together. Everything meshes together perfectly. I cannot say enough good things about this show. It is just top-notch all around. I just love everything about it. It's just one of those shows that you start watching, you get sucked in right away, you just can't help it, you know. Highly, highly recommend Veronica Mars. Cannot uh, say enough positive things about it. Would love to tell you about the movie. And, and sometime in the next 10 years when I watch the movie, I'll, I'll get back to you and I'll, I'll let you know what I thought about that. But anyway, that was five more shows. And I, now I'm done with doing the show thing, at least for right now. Um, <laughs> I've been toying around with doing a, an episode about weird science fiction shows like Lex. But we can just put Lex 
and the, they could take all five spots because that show is weird as hell. But um, definitely, uh, I, I'm thinking about it. I'm tossing around the idea about doing it. But anyway, go check these shows out and and let me know what you think. You know, and like I said. Um, some of the shows that I've mentioned don't have DVD releases or it took 10, 15, 20 years to get a DVD release. A lot of the shows, um, especially in last week's episode, are not even available streaming. You have to buy a DVD release. There's nothing at all. You know, Man Called Sloan, no no kind of release. Um, Bring Him Back Alive, again, no kind of release. And it's kind of a shame because I think that, that these uh, these shows that are part of, uh, I hate to say it, but are part of uh, television history now. Um, they came out, you know, and, you know, obviously there's some version version available because you can watch some of them on YouTube. I don't know why we can't get a uh, somebody to do something with them. I mean, even do like some some of the transfers I've seen on DVD releases have been horrible. They've just like taken a negative, slapped them on there and boom, we're done. And they don't even care. I take that to, to see some of these shows that haven't been available forever, you know, since they aired. Um I'd actually be okay with that as long as it was like on a streaming server or something I didn't have to pay a bunch of money for. I wouldn't buy, I don't want to buy discs like that. If I want to do that, I can buy bootleg ones, you know. But um, anyway, that's the show. Until next time, this is Aaron for the Sci-Fi Dig Podcast. Over and out.